Hi everyone, welcome back to Rolling with the Winners episode 8. Um, I told you I would make it here, episode 8, that you know the first 7 episodes is usually as far as someone makes it in the podcasting world, so um, I'm calling myself a winner on this one, and I'm also not a quitter, so I am going to keep doing this. Um, I know I've been trying to kind of alternate guest episodes and solo episodes, but We are going solo again. So sorry. I promise I will have more guests soon. Um, But today I do have a nice range of content to bring to you guys. So get ready. Uh, I first wanted to start off by talking about the Drake curse. Uh, Since it is NBA final season and obviously the Toronto Raptors are in the NBA finals, um, I figured this would be the perfect time to discuss the ongoing curse of Drake uh, in sports, whether it is professional, college, anything, he pretty much ruins all of it. Uh, So I kind of wanted to give a little timeline, maybe not in order necessarily, but just to cover some of the different things over time that I think people forget about uh, that Drake was a part of um, and has definitely cursed. Um, So one was being that Drake was wearing an Alabama Crimson Tide hoodie actually right before they got railed by Clemson. So that's one time where he he cursed Alabama, um, which I'm not too mad about that one. Like, he can totally curse them, and I'm cool with it. Uh, One that I think people always forget about is um, Drake and Serena Williams. They both say they've only ever been friends, but they've definitely been spotted kissing in public before. Um, But in August 2015... Uh, Drake was spotted kissing Serena Williams and he was then at the U.S. Open where Serena was chasing a tennis grand slam and she ended up losing. So everyone likes to blame that on Drake, obviously. Um, Then another one was when Drake released the song Draft Day, which he kind of dedicated to his friendship at the time with Johnny Manziel. I'm not even sure if they're still friends, honestly, but they definitely were at the time. And Drake's also kind of just, uh, he's a bandwagon type of guy. So Johnny was the big name at the time that everyone was talking about. Of course, Drake needed to follow along with that. Um, But in the song Draft Day, he talks about Johnny, or he dedicated it to Johnny. Also, in the chorus of that song, he mentions Andrew Wiggins. Um, Neither, obviously, uh, had stellar careers. Johnny, obviously, pretty much sucked for the Browns. And Andrew Wiggins kind of has turned out to be a little bit of a dump compared to what he was supposed to be as an NBA player. So, yeah, Drake kind of ruined them. Um, Drake was also... um, he was brought out in a UFC match by Conor McGregor, which uh, Conor McGregor went on to lose. So another Drake effect. Uh, Drake is also obviously a big Kentucky supporter, which most people know that. And Kentucky has not won the championship since 2012 um, and are supposed to be a very dominant program, a winning program. But Drake has kind of ruined it. Um Prior to these NBA Finals, Drake has always been a Warriors supporter. Not always. Since they've been good, he's been a Warriors supporter, just as he does with most teams. And he placed some pretty uh, hefty bets on them winning it all in 
2016, of course, when the Cavs beat them and they did not win at all. Uh, so that that's another one. And then obviously, uh, the big important one right now is that he is a major supporter of the Toronto Raptors. Uh, the Raptors have pretty much been owned by LeBron James for the last few years up until now, unfortunately. Um, and we will know soon enough, I guess, if the Drake curse has continued on into this series. Uh, we shall see. The next thing I wanted to talk about kind of still relates to the Raptors, Um you guys might recognize who I am talking about here, and I saw a story on Twitter about this guy. Um, he's a fan of the Raptors, and I have definitely noticed him over the years, especially with all of the Cavs-Raptors playoff series that we have had in recent seasons. Um, my whole family has kind of taken to the fact that we see this fan all the time. Um, he is a Raptor super fan. His name is Nav, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, and you may have seen him behind the hoop during Raptors games. Um, he has a really amazing story that I saw on Twitter recently, and I wanted to share it because it really is super cool. Uh, so he is 67 years old now, and he has been at every single Raptors home game since 1995. That's literally every home game for my entire lifetime. I was born in 1995, so since I was born, he has gone to every single Raptors home game. No matter if it was snowing, raining, he had something else to do, another commitment, didn't matter, he was there, which I think is if nothing else in this story, a true testament uh, to the dedication he has and just the joy and happiness for life that this guy has. Um, so if that isn't cool enough, um, this guy actually came to Canada as an immigrant in the 80s um, with basically nothing, no money, nothing really. He couldn't get a job as an engineer um, like he was looking for, so he ended up being a car salesman at a dealership in, in a little bit of a rougher area of town. Um, he ended up selling 127 cars in 90 days, which is which is astounding because I'm sure many salesmen go quite some time without selling any cars. And this guy sold 127 in 90 days. Um, and he was so incredible that he eventually bought the dealership um, and then he later bought another dealership. Uh, so in 95 is when he bought the season tickets for the Raptors and fans have really seen him at every game since. Um, and I, I just love this story because I think it's one of those stories that remind us uh, that sports are one of the only things on this planet that truly brings all people together, regardless of background, regardless of race, socioeconomic status, gender, anything, um, people just coming together and loving each other um, because they love the same team together. Uh, people have said that Raptors games are one of the truly most diverse places in the world and also one of the most peaceful places. Um, which is really cool. So the other great part about Nav is that when his dealership started doing better, he didn't just keep all that money to himself. Uh, every year he spends $300,000 to send kids, mostly from other immigrant families in Canada, to Raptors games um, because he wants to show kids that they all belong no matter what their background is or where they come from. 
And I just really love his story and wanted to share it um, because I think it's great. He's found found such a love and passion for basketball um, in the country and in the the place that he calls home now. Uh, So I wanted to share that with you guys. Um, So I obviously have to talk a little bit bit about this final series. Um, I'm a little annoyed that all of the Warriors are getting injured, honestly, for two reasons. This might sound shocking coming out of my mouth right off the bat. I mean, I don't wish for anyone to get injured, but if I were to wish for someone to get injured, you would think it would maybe be the Warriors, but I'm annoyed, actually, because one, of course the Cavs got prime, healthy, together Warriors and not a banged-up Warriors who have injuries flying left and right. Um, Of course we couldn't get that. Of course the Raptors get that. Uh, Two, I'm annoyed because if the Raptors win this, you know that it's actually just going to be the Raptors won, but with a little star next to it because nobody is going to fully embrace it or act like it was a true accomplishment because of all of these injuries. And that kind of sucks because it'll be like, oh, the Warriors are still great. They were just injured this finals. They definitely would have won otherwise if everyone was healthy. Uh, you know that's going to be the line that is given for the rest of time. And I also guarantee you, I guarantee that if the Raptors win, you're going to see headlines the next day saying, how does this affect LeBron James' legacy? Because even though LeBron is not a participant in this, his name will be brought into it because that's just how much power he has. People have to talk about him. Um, And people are going to say that this hurts his Uh, his chance or the talk of him being the greatest of all time because he's lost so many years except for the one to the Warriors um, and Kawhi walks in with the Raptors and and he beats them. Um, I don't think it's fair to compare the two based on a lot of factors including injuries, supporting cast, many other things, different years and seasons. You really just can't compare like that. But you better believe that's going to be all over your TV if the Warriors lose these finals. I absolutely guarantee it. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about um, is actually a couple of my favorite greatest sports movies or TV shows of all time. This is something I've kind of wanted to talk about for a while, but I really needed to sit down and think about what some of my favorites are, why they're my favorites. Um, So I think I have like a solid list of seven different, uh, a combination of movies and TV shows that are some of the greats of all time. Uh, So first off, I want to talk about Miracle. This might be I don't know, it's hard to say, but it might be my favorite sports movie of all time. It is just such a classic. Um, The great Herb Brooks um, and his speech, great moments are born from great opportunity. Um, Actually, at my sister's wedding reception this past year, my dad had to give a little speech. um, And in classic Mueller family fashion, he had to quote a sports movie. So he grabbed the mic and said, Great moments are born from great opportunity. And of course, me and my sister were dying and it felt like nobody else left or got the reference. Like, I don't know if people have not seen this movie because it is one of the greats, but people people weren't really getting it. So don't worry, dad. I got it. And I thought it was funny. I was laughing. 
Um, but it's a great speech in that movie, though. I'm going to quote it for you guys right now because I have it for memory. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I remember the next part. Oh, one game. If we play them ten times, they might win nine. But not this game. Not tonight. Tonight, we skate with them. Tonight, we stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Tonight, we are the greatest hockey team in the world. You were born to be hockey players. Every one ya, And you were meant to be here tonight. This is your time. Their time is done. It's over. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Okay, I was trying really hard to not laugh the whole time because I don't sound good when I say it, but I really enjoy quoting it. And it is such a good speech. Honestly, I just look it up on YouTube sometimes and watch it from the movie. Um, that guy plays Herbrook so well. It's such a powerful moment. Um, that's one of my favorite things ever to quote, other than the Billy Madison, everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to its speech. Another favorite classic line to quote. Um, but you should look up the video of this five-year-old named Joshua Sacco delivering the Herb Brooks speech. It's probably one of the cutest things I've ever seen on this planet. Um, he gave it on the Ellen Show as well. And then he did it for some baseball game. I think it was a playoff baseball game and kind of interchange the words for whatever teams were playing he was so cute and it's an adorable video so check it out I love it um overall great movie gets me really emotional the transformation of those boys becoming men and just growing respect for each other especially after their college rivalries and previous disagreements they just came together for a great moment in history um, my other favorite line from the movie is Jack O'Callaghan when he figures out that he gets to play after being injured and he's cleared by the doctor and he's standing on the ice with just the biggest smile on his face and yells out, OC's playing, baby. Oh my God, me and my family, we just yell that out at random moments. It's it's so great. Um, another classic movie that I enjoy is Remember the Titans. I think this is on everyone's favorite sports movies list um the story of a high school football team at a time when racial integration of schools is becoming more and more of a thing uh the high school decides to hire a black coach uh coach boone um and it's just kind of the story of the evolution of that team of the black and the white players coming together really great movie um, if you are looking to cry, I recommend We Are Marshall. Um, but if you are emotionally unstable, like myself, then don't watch the movie because it is a real tearjerker. Like, I uncontrollably cry when I watch that movie. Um, it's definitely inspiring, but all you can think about is the fact that that was real and this whole football team died in a plane crash. Um, and the person you really feel for in the movie is the one coach who didn't get on the flight and is living with this guilt that he, he should have been on the plane and died with his team. Um, yeah, man, it really gets me even talking about it right now, but uh, classic movie. Don't watch it too much because you'll cry a lot. 
Um, another one of my favorites is Draft Day. Obviously, as a lover of the Cleveland Browns, um, any Cleveland Browns fans would love that movie. Um, it highlights the draft of a Cleveland Browns where the, the GM makes a series of successful moves and trades when everyone else is doubting what he's doing. Um, highly recommend it if you've never seen it. Uh, one of my favorite sports TV shows ever, which I don't even know if this is on Netflix anymore because I know it used to be, but it's called The League. Um, and I will say I have been compared to Jenny many, many times in this show uh, because she is the one woman in the Fantasy Football League of all men. Sounds like me, but um, I'll take it because Jenny Jenny is a baller. So I think it's a, I think it's a compliment, um, but it's a really funny show. So if it is still on Netflix, which I'll have to look back and see if it is because they remove stuff from that all the time. So um, definitely find a way to watch it. Um, I'm a big fan of 30 for 30s. I've probably seen about 50 of them. There are a ton out there. They used to have a lot on Netflix as well and removed them. So bummer. But um, one of my favorites actually is Fantastic Lies. Um, And it's about the false rape allegations against the Duke lacrosse team. Uh, The whole story was just really fascinating and the 30 for 30 was just laid out so well. Uh, So definitely recommend that if you've never seen it. Um, And then another classic movie which I hadn't seen until last year is Concussion. Um, And it's the story of how CTEs were discovered by um, Dr. uh, Doctor. He was a forensic pathologist. Um, And he kind of took this fight against the NFL about his research that he discovered. Um, And at this time is when we were starting to see the horrible effects that football was having on these professional athletes and what it was doing to their bodies over the time. Players were starting to commit suicide. We were noticing extreme violence from different players, and they were noticing it within themselves because of the effects that these repeated concussions had on their brain with no treatment or even knowledge that this was happening to them. Um, and nobody nobody really knew this or um, had a name to it, and the NFL really wanted to shut it down and not have this research come out because they knew it had the potential to affect their league as a whole. Um, But this guy really fought for it. And um, I think we still have a long way to go in terms of what we can do to make football a safer sport. I know (laughs) that it's never going to fully go away because football is an aggressive sport. It's a contact sport. Um, people are just getting these men are just getting bigger and stronger too um, and necessarily not necessarily adding more padding or those kinds of things helps sometimes that makes it even worse um, so it's never going to be perfect but I think there still is always just going to be continued research and looking into um, what we can do to make the sport safer for people in the long run so that these football players aren't dying at age 50 because of the traumatic experiences that their brain and their body have taken over time. Um, But yeah, this movie is kind of the start of all of that. And um, Will Smith plays the main doctor, so it's super great. Uh, Definitely recommend watching it um, if you haven't. I think I have it on DVD, so if you want to come watch, just come over to my apartment and I will play it for you. Um, so that's it for my movies and TV show review. 
Um, if you want to hear more of those, let me know and maybe I'll include some more on different episodes because there's lots of good stuff out there, but those were just some of my favorites that really came to mind. So this week on important things to know when crushing brewskis in the Muni a lot, yes, my new regular segment, um, I want to give not necessarily a rundown of the Brown schedule, but just more so important things to note with the layout of their schedule and the way it's set up. Um, so some of the big call-outs I have, one, our bye week is uh, the seventh week of the season, which, I mean, that's not super huge. That's pretty pretty chill. Um, but the Steelers games are week 11 and 13, which is really odd that they are only two weeks apart. Um, I just find it interesting that they put them so close to each other like that, kind of towards the end of the season there. It's just very odd. Um, and then the Stinkinati games are week 14 and 17, which are only three weeks apart. So it's just really kind of strange that, I mean, these are two teams that we obviously are in our division and we always play them twice a season, but it usually feels like, one game at the beginning, one game at the end, you kind of break it up a little bit. But those games are really just kind of scrunched in there at the end, and it's a little odd. But it's tough to say if that's going to work in our favor or not um, because we can't really predict how these teams or the Browns are going to be this season. Um, but it's just interesting to see how closely aligned those games are at the end of the season. Um, in terms of timing of games, what I wanted to point out was about um, the primetime home games. There's a Sunday night football game. I think that's early on in the season. Um, and then, oh yeah, the, the Sunday night football game, that's against the Rams on 9-22. And then the other primetime home game is a Thursday night football game against the Steelers on 11-14. Um, the rest of the home games are all 1 p.m. games still. So I, I, when I first saw the schedule, I'm like, man, we're really getting away from these 1 p.m. games. But still, like, the ma- great majority of our home games are these 1 p.m. games. We do have those primetime games, which is exciting. But still lots of the 1 p.m. games. Um, and then the two Monday night games we have are both away games. Um, and then some of the other different times, 425 games, um, those are also away. So those are just some big call-outs I have on the schedule. Um, also, week eight, we play the Patriots away. And it's just always interesting to see a matchup with them just based on their success over the years. So I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Like I said, that's week eight. It is um, Sunday, October 27th, away game at 425. So definitely look out for that one because I think that'll be a key game for us this season um, and could be honestly a really cool talking point to see this Baker Mayfield Tom Brady mashup Um, there was that commercial that came out in the Super Bowl last year where it kind of felt like Tom Brady was handing the torch over to Baker Mayfield so I think they're really going to play that game up especially um, and just to see how that that matchup goes, even though obviously the two quarterbacks are not on the field with each other at the same time. It's just going to be interesting to see how that's talked about and how that's played up. 
So now for some fun stories about me and sports. Um, I just kind of wanted to talk about some of my time playing sports, uh, especially when I was a child. So when I was a kid, very young, my parents let me pick a sport to play. So I went with soccer at the time. Um, I played rec soccer for a couple of years and um, I kid you not, I was a literal wrecking ball. Like my goal was to knock people out. They'd be like, Abby, you aren't allowed to kick the other girls in the shin. And I'm like, okay, yo, like why are there shin guards then? Like, let me take them out. Like what's the point of wearing shin guards if I can't kick you in the shin? Just kidding, I didn't say that, but um, I was aggressive for sure. So so much though that the refs would talk to me after games. I I remember specifically one time, this ref like pulled me aside after the game and he was like, "You should probably play travel because I was too aggressive for rec." I it sounds like a lame excuse because I was just destroying all of these little girls. Me and my awful haircut with bangs just taking people out but they wanted me to switch to travel um and instead I just like stopped playing soccer um after about six years of soccer um this was when I was going into the seventh grade and that's when the school team started up for volleyball and basketball um so I decided I wanted to play those um I had never played either um but tried out and made both teams Honestly, I'll admit, I I definitely only made it because I was really tall for my age. So I think they just like fill the extra spots with the tall girls since they at least have some potential. They're like, oh, you're tall. Like maybe you could just like stand there and block people. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll do that. Seventh grade me. Um, I was pretty good in middle school volleyball. Not so much basketball. You know how in middle school, like every player on the team has to get some playing time Like, I was definitely that girl that everyone was like, damn, we got to put her in for, like, two minutes to follow regulation, but nobody actually wanted me on the court. I mean, I probably didn't want myself on the court in important situations. Like, I don't think I even wanted the ball. Um, But then a few games into the eighth grade season, I actually got pretty major back surgery that caused me um, to be, like, two to three inches taller post-surgery. So then I'm just, like, chilling at five foot nine, um, going into high school here, which that's pretty tall for a girl already. And then especially a ninth grade girl, because boys are really short at that time. So I'm just towering over literally everyone. Um, anyways, though, I was chilling at five foot nine, waiting to get back to playing sports. Once I was recovered from the surgery, I mean, I was I was ready to get back to playing, even though I sucked. I would have walked out of the hospital with the morphine pump still attached to me and gone straight to the gym if I could have. Um, I mean, I really couldn't even walk at the time, so that was really chill. But um, anyways, in high school, I went back to volleyball and basketball, and I wanted to tell my favorite story from my basketball career. Also, I actually somehow got good at basketball post-surgery, like, I was making buckets then. I dropped 15 points in my first game back. It was against Olmstead Falls. I won't won't forget this. Uh, Seven for eight on free throws. And then I had four two-pointers from the same shot every time. One of the guards would just dump the ball to me right outside the block. um, And I would just make buckets. It was money every time. Um, (laughs) Wow, I remember too much. Like That was so long ago. And I just can see it still so clearly. Um, but anyways, my favorite basketball story was this game against Hudson. It was probably 
either like halfway through the season, maybe towards the end of my freshman season. It was away. It was at their court. Um, so like I said, I was pretty tall at the time. So the guards on these teams I'm playing against are chilling at like five foot two. So I've got like half a foot over these girls, which at that level is pretty significant. Like that's an extreme difference. Um, and in this game, I truly have never felt more powerful in my entire life. These, not to be rude, but just stupid little guards for Hudson, for whatever reason, did not understand how to properly shoot a basketball. I'm not sure if anyone just didn't teach them what to do, but repeatedly they would do this same move every time. They'd get the ball, take two dribbles, jump stop, and then just pause for like a couple seconds. And I'm like, homegirl, you are literally asking me to block you. Like it would be a sin for me not to block you. All I had to do was just put my hand straight up. Like I didn't even jump or do anything athletic in any way. I would just put my hand out and I I was already towering over them. So I just blocked them repeatedly. I don't even know how many times this happened, but they just kept doing it. And I just kept blocking them. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It And it was a different girl every time. It, it was wild. But I was feeling really cool, you know, all five foot nine, like literally a hundred pounds of me at the time. I mean, I'm definitely not a hundred pounds anymore, but I was straight up skin and bones. But I'm like, man, I'm such a baller right now. Like, look at me. Look at me go. Um, so after a while, I could feel... I could feel the energy in the room turning against me. Like the parents of the Hudson girls, they they were turning against me. And I'm like, all right, let's go. And honestly, it's not my fault that their daughters were oblivious and like five foot two. Like you created them. It sounds like more of a you problem, not a me problem. That's a you problem. Uh, And throughout the game, I would like casually make a mistake here or there. Yes, I was not perfect. Um, And the Hudson crowd would get so pumped. They're like, yeah, (laughs) when I would mess up. And I'm not going to lie. It kind of made me feel happy because I went from the girl that would, they would just throw in the game for 30 seconds in the seventh grade just to follow regulation to a girl that was like, getting like not booed but like low-key booed in the ninth grade for repeatedly stuffing these small small girls so yeah I just wanted to share a little bit of insight on Abby the athlete you guys hear Abby the podcaster and the sports fan but not Abby the athlete um so yeah I'm so far removed from those days but there were some good times there So that is all I have for you guys today. Kind of a short one, um, but thank you again so much for listening. Like I said, I'm going to try to work on getting some more guests soon. It's just real hard being a busy adult (laughs) trying to fit that kind of stuff in. Sometimes it's just easier for me to pop out an episode for you guys by myself. Um, But I will figure it out, I promise, because I want to make this work. Um, But as always pretty pretty please leave a review or rating on apple Podcasts and subscribe um, on apple Podcasts as well or hit me with that follow on spotify i will truly love you forever if you do that thank you so much love you guys okay bye